This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Pod save the queen! Hello and welcome back to Pod Save the Queen. I'm your host, Anne Greppa. We have lots and lots and lots to catch up on this week, so I'm delighted to be rejoined by my good friend, Russell Myers, Daily Mirror Royal Editor. Nice to see you, Russell. Good morning. We are reunited. We are indeed. Still virtually, but one day in real life. And we just need to say a quick thank you to uh, Zoe Forsey, who did a lovely interview with Stuart Pearce last week, talking about his work as Princess Diana's voice coach and other things. So that was very exciting. But now, you know, I mean, there's not been a lot going on while you've been away on holiday. But the best news is when you came back yesterday, I mean, obviously, there's been a huge amount going on. That was me being classic sarcasm. So <laughs> we'll be catching up on all of that later. The, Sus- the Cambridge's visit to Scotland, what the Sussexes have been up to, um, all of the fallout from Panorama, which came out the day after we last recorded and we kind of previewed uh, pretty sort of predicted fairly well what was what was going to be although um pretty seismic how it all came out but um you know russell is back from his holiday and the great news is we're getting another day of holiday next year thank you we are the queen celebrations all round a four-day extravaganza for the platinum jubilee lots of people very happy so the way it works is one of the bank holidays the may bank holidays being shifted forward from a Monday to a Friday. From a Monday to a Friday. In the Friday. space, I mean, time In the space, yeah. I mean, that is the ultimate, isn't it? And so we are getting an extra day holiday, but there's going to be four days of consecutive celebrations in uh, in June next year, exactly a year ago yesterday. Where are we? Thursday. We're going to come out today, aren't we? So on the 2nd of June, <laughs> it'll be the... I'm really confusing it <laughs> now. Ignore what I've just said. We're just going to get four days off. If you, if you, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Saturday, Sunday, and if you are very, very organised, as you are, and I am not, I think as we proved on multiple occasions, you can get nine days off by booking just three days holiday. I'm just going to make a prediction, Russell. I think if you put that holiday request in, they may not let you take it. They may be like, I think there's a bit of work you might need to do during that period of time. (laughs) None of this takes three days this week off. I mentioned this to the boss yesterday and he said, he just texted me back saying, don't even think about it. (laughs) So my card has been marked already, unfortunately. So, um, yes, yeah, so normally the, the bank holidays on the Monday, that's been moved to the Friday. There's an extra day we're getting sort of for free, hooray, um, so that we can celebrate. And yeah, well, what, it's a packed schedule. So, should, you, shall I give you a bit of a quick rundown? Yes. It's, I mean, so, I mean, uh, which was quite interesting. I'll probably come on to that in a minute, but I looked through the sort of other, where are we, silver, golden, diamond jubilee and what had happened. And there's actually quite a, a quite a, strict formula of what happens so you you know you normally get 
trooping around that time. Um, you do have a Thanksgiving service. So let me start from the beginning. I'm, go- I'm going all over the place today, aren't I? Go You're out of practice, keep me in check. You're not allowed a week off again. <laughs> so on Thursday, June the 2nd, we are going to have, fingers crossed, the return of Trooping of the Colour in full, London. Full whack. The full, full Monty. So um, over 1,400 parading soldiers, 200 horses, 400 musicians will be coming together in a traditional parade, as we know and love. We do it very, very well. And I think they've done a fantastic job over the last... Well, it was last year, and then we're obviously um, expecting trooping another trooping very very soon so last year was mini and mini this year year they're talking about maybe medium but medium medium trooping yeah Uh, and then next year full whack so hopefully it will be back in london you know buckingham palace a fly past uh the peru the parade parades the parade moving down the mall um and then you never know balcony shots family on the balcony mm. that's that's the hot, that's the plan anyway so it's a you know yeah. whether it's a movable feast i don't know who exactly Something... will be on that balcony well that's a talking point i mean prince andrew problem Remain. probably not i mean still probably not will the sussexes come back for it one would presume they will i mean i didn't really get family involved in... celebration so yeah and it's a they... big big occasion it's not just a normal trooping it's a big big you know few days of celebration so one would presume they will be here um also something called the the, the jubilee beacons which i wasn't aware of oh come on russell they're the best bit i love them i'm i, I think just didn't know because... about them why don't i know about them i've just so when, passed me um, by i can't remember why so we uh, we were driving down to cornwall the night of the diamond jubilee beacons and so we saw various of them like on the moors as we were driving down and you know it's sort of high points across the country and it's just like oh this is going on everywhere and i'm someone who i've always found something really special about those moments of togetherness those shared moments that even if you're not together different people everywhere are experiencing i mean Football when everybody is together at a stadium. Congratulations to West Ham on their mighty end of the season and playing in Europe. Come on, you irons. I mean, fabulous. I, um, I know, it's very good. But, um, you know, so that's one of the special things about football. It's not just the game, it's the people coming together. But then, you know, knowing that other people everywhere and this time around, it's going to be across the Commonwealth as well. There's going to be these beacons lit in the in the capital cities and it's that sort of shared yes. separate experience I just think is a really sort of powerful thing. And I'm sure, you know, if you think about all of the drones and things that we've got now and how how we, you know, sort of visual things have changed and it's much easier to sort of get, you know, up in the air shots and things. Like the, if you have an overhead shot of the country with all of those beacons lit, it could be quite special. Yeah, no, I, th- I think you're right. And I don't know whether I've had a mind blank, but it's sort of, uh, yeah, I was sort of researching it yesterday. Long held tradition of celebrating royal jubilees, weddings, coronations. Like you said, all over the UK, Channel Islands, Isle of Man, and UK overseas territories. However, like you just mentioned, for the first time, beacons will be lit in each of the capital cities of the Commonwealth countries to celebrate the Queen's Platinum Jubilee. And of course, she will be the first ever to reach a platinum jubilee 70 years on the throne so yeah pretty i think it's going to be you know hopefully everything will be back to normal come on by next year give us a break 
I, it's also nice. I like the beacons being a thing of celebration now, because I think previously they would have been a thing of warning. Like you had this sort of before the telephones and the internet, it was ways mm. to get a message up the country quickly. Like like well, beacon, and it means there's some some bad stuff going on potentially. Well, hopefully no bad stuff going on this weekend. No. There will be so after you've got the troop in the college and the Jubilee beacons on the Friday. We're going to have a service of Thanksgiving, which will be at St Paul's Cathedral. No doubt that will be pretty fancy. Um, no doubt televised. It didn't say actually in in a in the briefing that I had yesterday, but one would assume that will be televised on the BBC. <clears throat> and it says further events will be announced for this in June course. Now Saturday is the big one. One would argue it's the Derby the Epsom Derby and the, the Queen and members of the Royal Family are going to be attending the Derby during the day, which is normally a big, uh, big event. And then the Platinum Party at, Party at the Palace, it is going to be a rock concert like we had in 2012, um, which we, which went off with a bang, didn't it? It was all, all sorted out by Gary Barlow of Take That Fame. And they had all these people outside Buckingham Palace, lots of fireworks, Queen playing on the, uh, Brian May play, playing on the, um, the roof of there. Buckingham Palace. <laughs> 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 on the roof of Buckingham Palace, no less. So I think this is going to be the biggest and best concert that we've seen. There was another one in 2002. Um, but I reckon this is going to be, this is going to be pr pretty big deal. Can I make a bet, though? If I had to put money on which of those two parts of the day the Queen is more excited about, I'm going to put money on that being her trip to the races. And I can imagine, like, you know, for my special weekend, what I want, I want some aeroplanes <laughs> flying over Buckingham Palace, yeah. and I want horses. I want lots yeah. of horses. If we can go to the racing, even better. So and not the, racket, not the rackets from the, uh, <laughs> from the rock gods outside. I mean, who, who's, what, who's sort of on vogue at the moment because i looked through the list on 2012 it was like sugar babes and s club seven maybe that was the one before 2002 i mean i'm not sure they were ever on vogue but they were good for a disco i mean you know they're, they, they're, they're the get up don't stop moving by s club seven is a cool. tune come on yes but not i don't think s club seven would ever claim to be cool <laughs> <laughs> They're probably sort of that. So that guilty pleasure, the ultimate cheese. So well, maybe I'm steps will make a comeback. Fan. You never know. Here we go. Oh, Dan Jackson, Kylie, the other queen. Well, that would be good, and she could represent Australia in the oh, Commonwealth. That would be quite Kylie. a good shout, actually. Dan. Yeah. That you might get a, you know some Commonwealth vibes within the whole um, with the whole with the whole concert. Anyway, it says that it will bring together some of the world's biggest entertainment stars to celebrate the most significant and joyous moments from the Queen. Between seven decades of her reign, so you never know. Um, so what I would also like, so my uh, my siblings for my thirtieth birthday, they made me like mixtapes with a song from each year of my oh, my life. That's that's. And maybe like, they should do something similar for the Queen. I mean, seventy songs is quite a long set. They might have to do some. Well, one one a decade. In the early perhaps. years might not have been. Yeah, Beat well, well, yeah, we'd have to get our own little Beatles. Paul McCartney played the other ones, didn't he? At the stones um anyway then on sunday it's called the big jubilee lunch and this has been going since 2009 was the concept the big of lunch. it has and the big lunch yeah and this is going to be bringing people together for street parties and we had one in my road in 2012 and it was really really good fun um so yeah so lots of people are going to be coming together and i think after a year 
of let's face it it's been pretty grim for a lot of people and to be able to get out and see your neighbors when you're not just poking out your head outside the front door and clapping and rattling a uh, saucepan like we did for the nhs this is going to be really really nice but i think it'll be interesting as well i think there'll be a lot more places that might be thinking oh yes let's do a street party i know my neighbors now it would be nice to get together and and do it because i think this summer i think people are like I'm allowed to go places. I can go see my family. The only people I've seen are the people in my street. I'm going to go away rather than sort of having a thing this year. So, Very ne- much so. next year, hopefully we'll have had a degree of norm- normality between now and then, fingers, fingers crossed. But, um, you know, that sort of getting together and I mean, it's something that we've talked about at various stages during the sort of the pandemic of the, 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 good things and the goodness that has come through in people and community and that how that can hopefully endure rather than everybody just going back to normal life and you know exactly exactly and then there's a, some pageants there's a pageant there is a, a five thousand strong pageant for, for people from across the uk and the commonwealth taking part in uh against a backdrop of Buckingham Palace and the surrounding streets and um a carnival parade yeah pretty much yeah so like you would normally get sort of a river river pageant back in the day and uh, this is going to be all all around the streets of you know up and down the Mall, across to Westminster one would imagine lots of combining street arts theatre music circus carnival and costume celebrate the service of Her Majesty's reign so yes so there is a lot London to look a forward to. Party. One big carnival. So yeah, there's a lot to look forward to. And if it's anything like the weather we are experiencing at the moment, we haven't had a re- weather reference in a long time. Um, it will be absolutely bing. Yes, bring your sun cream because it is going to be absolutely glorious. So yeah, fingers crossed because we all we all deserve it, don't we? We all deserve <laughs> a few days off. If the Again. editor is listening, you've only just come back from your holiday. He said, he said you've, got, you've had more holidays than Judith Chalmers. That's his <laughs> bloody cheek. Oh, wow. they had any time off this year. Glad he's keeping you in line. <laughs> yes. but, yeah. but, uh, well, the weather has finally said, I mean, when the Queen went and did her visit down to the, um, the Queen Elizabeth II aircraft carrier as it set off on its sort of big mission um i mean she looked like she was dressed for christmas in sort of this bright red coat and red hat with like a sort of christmasy flower and sort of the black trimmings it was very december and i mean may was wet so, nice pictures um, though yeah really nice pictures lovely think, pictures she does look glad to be you know anytime she's sort of back out and about whether she just always has a good game face which when you're the queen and have been doing this for the best part of 70 years you probably have got a great game face wouldn't want to play poker with her i don't think but um you know she does look like she enjoys getting back out to see people and things she's obviously had two vaccinations so getting out and about is all right and i think she did a she did a test before she went to make sure that she was um okay to go see people so then and everyone on the ship's been quarantining so nobody needed to wear any masks and And it was mostly outside yes and you know obviously when people are wearing masks you miss the smiles like you can see it in the eyes but it's not the same as seeing that sort of you know full smiley face yeah, well, I was speaking about Kate wearing her mask at, the, at Philip's funeral, and that will be a, just an iconic image, won't it? I mean, sort of looking into someone's eyes. I don't think we really saw too many pictures of the Queen, did we? Sort of staring into our eyes. There were probably a couple of images inside the church, but it is 
that striking image of the Duchess of Cambridge wearing the black mask, staring down the barrel of the camera. Um, but it's nice that people aren't wearing masks because you can tell a whole lot more from their expressions, of course, when they are uh, when they are maskless. Absolutely. And the Queen, um, she had a sort of nod to Prince Philip. The, the brooch that she chose to wear that day, her scarab brooch, um, was a gift from Philip in 1966. So... Um, you know, she carries him with her still, which is a lovely thing. Um, quick question from Catherine Carlyle. Any info on whether President Biden will meet the Queen or Prince Charles when he comes to England for the G7 summits? Which is well, not certainly, long now and happening. No, it is not long. Next week. Yeah, next week. And um, yes, certainly being discussed. No confirmation as yet, but widely rumoured. Uh, one would assume that the Queen isn't going down to Cornwall, um, although she might like to. Well, who wouldn't want to go to Cornwall? Who wouldn't want to go, certainly. Um, But one would assume that the Queen will be hosting Joe Biden at Buckingham Palace. She will be returning. And I think this will herald the start of a return to perhaps some engagements in London, perhaps some meetings, when we've been having some virtual meetings, of course, uh, virtual uh, engagements um, over, over, well, I was about to say Zoom there, over other video call um, <laughs> applications, of course. Um, but I think this will herald a, a return to jobs in London. And perhaps they're staying overnight at Buckingham Palace. That is certainly what was said. I mean, I know there's this big renovation project going on at the moment that has, of course, hit huge, huge delays. But the, the word on the street is that um, certainly the Queen will, <clears throat> pardon me, will be returning to Buckingham Palace. I would assume, reading between the lines, that means she will be spending some of the week or perhaps a, a night here and there at Buckingham Palace. Certainly it's a working palace, but she probably prefers to be at Windsor Castle. She spent the Best part of what? Gosh, what are we now? March, April, May, June. You know, 16 months. Yes, 15, 16 months. So, um, spent a lot of time with Philip. I'm sure there's a lot of memories over the last year, undoubtedly. So, I think it is a place of solace. It's where she feels comfortable. Um, but no doubt we'll be sharing her time between the two. So, yes, no confirmation as yet, but I would be staggered if, uh, if they don't meet. And then certainly Charles will be down in Cornwall. Um, working as well meeting some of the world leaders for the gg7 so one would uh one would again presume that he will uh he will be meeting joe biden and uh along with the sort of the don't know what to be on platinum jubilee sort of those four days of festivities plans as also mentioned you know we're obviously expecting various visits around the country and potentially commonwealth visits for some of the other royals i mean the queen did forty thousand miles when she was for the silver jubilee i saw this I, yeah, I in read, my research yesterday i read your you piece, read my piece? So I learned all of my facts it's good to see I, I am uh, i'm spreading the good word well that's absolutely extraordinary i read this fact and you know 40,000 miles covered... I'm just going to bring it, it up now. Uh, but I, yes. mean, I can't, I can't imagine was, she or any of them will be doing that many this time. But OK, here we go. I've, yeah, we had big, uh, Jamaica, New Zealand, Jamaica, New Zealand, Australia and Canada. And, and, okay. and then all around the UK. Well, no, it said by air, so you're flying um, all over the place. Yes, flying all over the place. But, um, I mean, the Queen hasn't travelled abroad for a long time. We're assuming that she's not going to go. No, well, you, I imagine the Cambridges will be doing some sort of, uh, you know, dare I say it, big tour. Um, again, those sort of plans are well, well off. I think hopefully, hopefully we we try and get something in this year. 
Um, of course, we had the Scotland tour of Scotland last week, which was unfortunately I wasn't there because of my long-held holiday plans. But um, I was watching it from afar, and it seemed to go it seemed to go swimmingly. So that is held us in really good stead for the rest of the year. It was all sort of COVID compliant, COVID safe, and um, and and they it was it, it had gone off with a bang really i think there's a lot of people who were um, were very pleased to see them they had several obviously meetings with politicians and local groups with charities um and so one would presume we're going to get a, a mini tour dare i say it? Mm. mini tour later this year absolutely so i mean it's let's, let's hope so well, i mean russell's desperate to get his passport out we can tell i am it's been a while um, but but i just think when you see, and then again, I was watching from afar, but speaking to the people who were there, um, said that it was sort of feeling like things are getting back to normal, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think this this will herald a new dawn, sort of. The Cambridges are obviously taking an awful lot more responsibility. Um, and that is part of the course, of course, because the, the Sussexes are no longer in the picture. Charles and Camilla are keeping busy as well, but the Cambridges are sort of the tour de force, aren't they? So lots of people want to be getting out and, and meeting them. And um and they're gonna have and they're gonna have a busy year, certainly well, busy eighteen months, I suppose, because with with what happens with the with the Jubilee years, as we just mentioned when the Queen was doing those forty thousand miles, it's all about dedicating the year to the Queen's reign. The celebration of that period of time so certainly there won't just be those four days of celebrations that'll be the sort of culmination of events but um i think as we get the lead up and throughout that that year next year we're going to see an awful lot of things dedicated towards um celebrating the queen and celebrating what a fantastic achievement it has been and and also celebrating the the charities and organisations that she is uh, attached to, and and obviously um, all the royals who are taking over the over the business. Because we can remember, you know, ten well, next year, ten years ago, but it was it was very early days for Kate in her in her life as a royal, and it was, probably came as quite a good time for her because she did quite a lot of jobs with the Queen and Prince Philip, potentially without William, because I think William was still working at that stage, and um, you know, it sort of gave her a bit of a um, you know, a, a quick, quick well, introduction to get yeah, quick, quick fire introduction, but a big, a, a great foundation as well to build on. I think when you're sort of thrown in at that at that stage, and then you're suddenly touring around the country and really getting to grips with what it means to be oh, a senior member of the firm, it's um, it's probably not not necessarily a baptism of fire. It's really getting to, to getting to grips with it, and I think that that really did give her the, the 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 solid foundation to then kick on and um and probably work out and, she, and you know to be fair to her she, she did take a while to work out what she wanted to do i think we're only seeing the fruits of her labor now um many many years on because by getting out different parts of the country realizing what was important working out that this job could be a real vehicle for generational change then um then that's probably what made her think well you know i really want to work with nature the environment and kids and that's that's what we're seeing now aren't we this that's sort of her ethos and potentially helpful in that time 10 years ago it wasn't really about her yes fine everybody was very excited to see her and it was obviously all about her because she was new and exciting and how was she settling in but the purpose of those visits was 
queen related a lot of the time. Mm. Yes, so very much the so. The focus was slightly shared. Um, interesting that they went back to us tour Scotland again so soon after they, it was not long before, what was it? Like November time. It was just before we went into the the winter sort of oh, mini- it was, yeah. Scotland was obviously that debate. Should they have gone? Should they not have gone? And then, you know, it was a great tour. There doesn't, didn't seem to have been any sort of lasting implications COVID wise. Although obviously that, I mean, that feels like half a lifetime ago because there's so much gone on since and we've all been back in lockdown and things. And then they've gone their sort of first tour again since is back to Scotland as well. And I don't know whether that was always planned, whether that well, was, you, whether well, it's it, it related was... to the, you know, the political setup up there where the SNP are again sort of making noises. They want another referendum around independence and, you know, that sort of trying to keep the closeness of and, um, you know, show, show Scotland well, the union. their value, well, essentially. Well, what it was, I mean, it was, it, it was sort of a convenient truth, that, to be fair, because he'd obviously been made Lord High Commissioner of the Church of Scotland and that was the the central reason of what it was billed for but of course it gave them an opportunity to go on a tour in the UK it also gave William and Kate an opportunity to meet politicians on both sides of the divide so he was meeting Nicola Sturgeon obviously big um, proponent for splitting up the union for independence and he also met Gordon Brown the former Prime Minister of the UK who is a is a staunch defender of the union as well, but they 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 that was a private visit, and so there wasn't too much made of uh, of what was said. I mean, we don't really know what was said, um, and certainly hasn't come out those private conversations. However, it was a marriage of all these things. I think you had Lord High Commissioner, um, which was going to happen anyway. You had the opportunity of doing a tour. You had the sort of romanticism of them returning in their 10th wedding anniversary year to St Andrews where they had, you know, met and fallen in love. Um, and also he got a, a great opportunity to to make some speeches about the political aspect of what is going on at the moment, which is very, very important. And I think no matter what side of the political divide we're on, um, the speeches were, were very well measured. Kate made some speeches as well, which is, you know, we're seeing her growing in confidence all the time. And I know we're sort of saying she's 10 years into the job and and more, but um, I think the last couple of years since I've seen her, she's really, really grown in confidence. And that is because of, uh, she's, well, she's probably taking more responsibility, but because she's quite up for it. She's, you know, she, she, she's up for making these speeches. She's, she's becoming more of an expert in her field in certain um, areas. And um, and that's, that's part of the course, isn't it? When you start start doing it, it becomes a, it becomes a bit easier. And once, yeah, once you've had some practice, everything gets a little bit better with practice. So, you know, it's all, it's all good and just sort of getting used to it. And, and Prince William, because he had a couple of days before Kate arrived and his sort of first speech that he gave was quite personal. I mean, it was politi- a bit political as well, but he, he spoke about having a sad time at um, Balmoral where he was being being in Scotland when he found out about his mother's death and how sort of the Scottish countryside had comforted him when he was, you know, sort of having that sort of space and time there. And then also the sort of great joy of, of meeting Kate there and falling in. Sorry, I should probably call her Catherine if we're talking about William, talking about her. But, um, you know, meeting her at university and, and falling in love and sort of emphasising 
what, I mean, fine. He's he's in Scotland. He's got to say nice things about Scotland and why it's special to him. But it, it is interesting that sort of um, connection. And then I'm also talking about how uh, the children are already learning what a special place Scotland is for their parents as well. So that's rather lovely. Um, I did particularly enjoy the pictures of them sand yachting. We, we always love it when they get a bit competitive. I was about to say competitiveness, yeah. 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 And it was. <laughs> I, lo- I mean, I, re- I really want to have a go at it one day. There's a beach at home. So I grew up in Cornwall, the beach, I think it was Perrinport. They used to do sand yachting there sometimes and it always looked amazing. I think kite surfing has rather taken over these days compared to the sand yachting. But, um, you know, it, it just always looks... I mean, a pretty lethal, but a lot of fun as you go. Very fast. Down. I mean, fair enough. You got the wind up there, and it was. It looked pretty, pretty dangerous if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, there's some great pictures of like you know the thing leaning over with Kate in it, looking like she was absolutely loving it. Um, so that was great. What else did we have? We had them making curry. Um, William, not not so good with it, spice. It always <laughs> makes me laugh because I think back. To, you can't even handle, you know, a medium. Nando's I think he's on this <laughs> lemon and herb it always makes me laugh because he has to say it every time I think he's he must be very very sensitive well petal that's fine um going to the drive-in movies and Prince Philip's Land Rover lovely um and then obviously as always it's the kids stealing the show the little boy sort of saying to Kate are you the prince and then showing off the trainers <laughs> to her, which is uh, which is very cute. And then obviously Mila, who we talked about a few weeks ago when we were talking about the YouTube videos and um, the phone calls that had been happening around the Hold Still project, and uh, Mila asking at the time, well, "Are you wearing a princess dress?" And Kate was sort of being like, "No, I'm not." But you know, what's your favourite colour? Pink. Okay, I'll wear a pink dress when we do get to meet. And true to her word, she did. She wore a fabulous pink dress, and Mila was she wearing did. a little pink princess dress. Oh, it was the cutest thing. Do you know what the dress was? I, I didn't actually go into such detail on my holiday. I must confess. Um, that pink dress was, I think, me and M. Um, it, was, it was very nice. I mean, even, did, I, can, I can appreciate it. It's a, ni- a nice dress. It was a it was a lovely, lovely um, event. And although, you know, classic classic kids being asked, Mila being asked afterwards. So, what did you what did you have a chat about? So, well, I was busy drawing a picture with robots. So, I just think like this is Mila really, is totally my kind of girl. Like, wear a princess dress and draw a robot. This is the way forward. It doesn't all have to be pink. But uh, yeah, no, super super lovely. And um, there was a sweet sign-off as well from the Cambridge sort of after they left in their in their thank you notes. I mean, there's obviously you know the people people out there who love getting all of these thank you notes, personal sort of thank you notes and things from the royals when they send them you know happy anniversary cards and what have you. But um, they shared a sketch that Kate had made when she was at. Yes. I didn't realise she was such an accomplished artist. I mean, for, first she's doing the photography, now maybe she's branching into a whole new line of, uh, of the doing sketching. It she's, doing, she's doing it all. Um, but yeah, no, I, th- I thought it was a lovely touch. Lovely touch. And it, it, went, it, went, it went down very well. Uh, the, the, whole tour, the whole sort of mini tour. Um, I mean, I know you had the sort of Royal Train tour, it was over three or four days, wasn't it? Um, which was a nice sort of way to round off the year last year. And no doubt, well, just maybe it's just me, but I know I'm sure like royal, royal watchers, royal fans, we're all gagging for a bit of excitement with a with a tour. So let's put it out there. Where do we think we're going to go? 
Maybe no. I should start throwing a dart at a map. Mm. Yeah. It all, surely it has to be somewhere in Europe. I mean, what for a tour? I can't imagine. But like an yeah. abroad tour. Yeah, that might make sense. But I mean, I'm not sure Europe really wants us at the moment. <laughs> well, it depends how, we're, how well we're doing the Euros. Big, big football oh, tournament yes, coming up. Football. We're, only, we're less than 10 days away, aren't we? Come That's on, less England. Than, a week away, nearly a week away. So not, not long now, but Next I mean, Friday. we've been very waylaid, Russell. We've talked about, you know, the Queen's uh, Platinum Jubilee. We've talked about the Cambridge's visit to Scotland, but we've not talked about the most important thing this week because Plucky Joshua sent a message to the Angry Rupert. So the entire podcast this week is going to be about the gun show that the Duke of Cambridge brought <gasps> to his vaccination, right? I mean, does at Russell J. Myers even lift with that laugh? Keep up the great work, God's sake, and a crown. So, I mean, I mean, plucky Joshua, that had me in absolute hysterics. I, I mean, it has to be said, you know, <laughs> there was a lot of commentary first on Prince William's, you know, toned arms as he, because the, the sort of the politicians and their vaccine selfies and pictures and <laughs> the ones that have accidentally undone that had to undo their shirts all the way down and then put them on, um, you know, drag their shirt halfway down their arm to show it was like, you know, some very questionable pol- political vaccine. <laughs> <Listen> <laughs> the Greek got- minister, like, literally taking his shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, fair enough. He was ripped as well. So, well, um, well Twitter was a light, wasn't it? Twitter or the whole, the whole social medias, it was going off when Prince went. I thought it was very funny about, I, well, I can't remember who tweeted it, but it was saying that someone was saying, well, how on earth has he got his sleeves up like that? Is he wearing some sort of, you know, uh, contraption that he's only got a collar stitched to his jumper? I, I, I thought it was very, very <laughs> funny. It didn't I mean, look I did... like he had a jumper on, but he, I mean, it was good, good lighting. He obviously lit works out. <laughs> very, very buff guy. Am I making excuses for my own tardiness? Yeah. I did. I did enjoy the uh, the picture that you sent on afterwards. Like one of those internet funny things where uh, you know you've got the picture of William. <laughs> he's just had been jabbed, and then you've got a, a picture next to it of a tattoo. Live, laugh, laugh. <laughs> it's just like, very, very funny. Very but, funny. You know, so you had William an absolute, you know, swooning over his arms, and then. Kate went and got her vaccination last weekend, looking very, you know, sort of chic in her sort of white tank top style setup. Well, there was no, there was no such sex, looking sexist, very trim. No, you say that. So the, the, sexistness. the, the Is times, that <laughs> the times in their like T two supplement, which is the sort of more lifestyley bit each day, they did a whole half page basically in praise of Kate's arms, which Fair cracked enough. me up. And they're just like they're, you know, they're both they, in pretty good shape. I can't, I can't claim, claim to have bodies like them after yeah. lockdown. Come on. The, the Times put Kate. They, they, the theory was um, playing tennis. Kate's tennis and uh, picking picking up small children as they fall over as being good workouts for the arms. Yes, so, yes, very anyway, much so. But great news that they are vaccinated and, um, you know, that continues in various places. Right, so we've done the happy stuff. There is a little bit more happy at the end, but let's talk about the sort of the fallouts, the two big things that happened <clears throat> just after we last recorded a couple of weeks ago. So we'd sort of previewed a bit the the panorama report and the fallout from that. And you'd said that, you know, you thought Prince William would have to come out and say something and, and duly did. Yeah. And also what? we'd seen the early trailer of Prince Harry's Apple TV um, show and the kind of interview that he did with Oprah. And then afterwards there was the whole sort of junket that he did on. So he was on a few different TV shows talking about the show and, you know, doing that 
PR piece around it is you have to drum up interest for for TV shows and then obviously the actual the actual show was on confession I haven't watched it I don't have Apple TV and I've not had time in my life so far to explore how to get the Apple TV to be able to watch it so I've only read about it rather than seen it in action because I know you know as discussed last time out after having listened to the podcast you do get a different perspective if you have seen the thing itself although um one review I saw it's like you know it's it's interesting you feel sorry for him but it's a bit glib and there was kind of that focus on it it's essentially it's kind of all very well if you can get expensive therapy but for other people it's a bit tricky I think that's kind of one of the things yeah that came I mean that. right I mean so go just going back I mean I'm not saying that we we predicted it we we just presumed that William would have to come out and uh and make a make a statement but wow I mean I was quite taken aback by when I he did not use his words no he did not and, and and quite telling that it wasn't just a written statement he was prepared to go in front of the camera to be very very measured outside his home and his, his mother's former home of Kensington Palace and, and uh, I mean let's not mince our words he absolutely savaged the BBC over its handling of the Martin Bashir scandal and talking about his indescribable sadness at the corporation's failings in um in originally airing that 1995 program and said that uh, the decision to do so and the and the fallout play plagued her fear paranoia and isolation and um i'm sure everyone has has seen it as it was a couple of weeks ago but certainly talking about how they had lied and used fake documents to obtain the interview with my mother made lurid and false claims about the royal family which played on her fears and fuel paranoia which we've gone into detail bef- before about the you know queen's uh, crazy, crazy! These crazy claims by Martin Bashir about the, the allegations of the Queen having an eating disorder, um, allegations about Prince Edward, uh, Prince Charles having an affair. Um, William goes on that. No they one displayed... less crazy, in fairness. Prince, huh? Charles having... Prince Charles having an affair, less crazy. Well, not with the nanny and oh, no, that's impre- true. impregnating the nanny. I mean, these yeah, are well, sort less. of wild, wild claims that he was coming up with. So much so that Diana, you know, was rumoured to have gone up to. To Tigley Bork and um, and questioned her at, at a party. So, other William went on. He's talked about them displaying woeful incompetence when investing complaints and concerns about the reporting were evasive in their reporting to the media and then covered up what they knew in their internal investigation. It is my view that the deceitful way that the interview was obtained substantially interviewed what my mother said. The interview was a major contribution to making my parents' relationship worse and has since hurt countless others, then goes on to talk about his indescribable sadness and how on, how on, and criticising the BBC further about how that they didn't um, investigate their own rogue reporter, in his words. I mean... Because there's essentially listen. two problems, aren't there? There's how the... There's Martin Bashir and how he got the interview in the first place, and then there is how the BBC investigated it and fail, essentially failed to discover all of this stuff at the time because if it had been discovered at the time of that original investigation then they'd have been able to say to princess diana actually just you were tricked the, you were tricked the way that this came about was not right and you know william has essentially said that video shouldn't that um interview should never be aired again because it is compromised it was essentially done under false pretenses um and you know diana diana wrote a note to bashir afterwards obviously 
in terms of the context because she didn't know she was tricked it's at that stage if you think all of this stuff then maybe you are going to say yes it's fine i'm really happy about the interview thank you and that he did an interview after the report had come out talking about you know that they they'd remained sort of friends and there was a picture of princess diana visiting him and his wife the day that like literally the day that their i think it was their third child was born so like diana made a visit to the hospital to meet martin Bashir yes new, yeah, new was, baby. Yeah, yeah. so they'd remained in in touch but it was all based as a reporter's pattern but it's like it was all based on a lie and a trick essentially and she because because of how long it's taken to come out she cannot say I you know I sh- that interview I would well, I, I regret it, it. I, or, she it. Can't say yes, I, yes, of course she can't course. come down on either side she isn't here to stand up for herself so William has to stand up for her the best way he feels that he can well, I think, you know, those, those, the two things that you just described, the rogue reporter element of Martin Bashir, uh, which, I mean, and, and he has, for his part, stood by the interview and said that certainly Diana was happy to have done it and he'd, and, um, uh, he'd re- re- apologise beforehand and again for creating these fake bank statements that were purporting to show that uh, her inner circle sort of selling stories to the media on her. Um, but he said, you know, listen, this gave no base, this have no basis on what she actually said and certainly i think let's play devil's advocate for a second um there is commentary surrounding the uh the, the statement that william made from from media types who were around at the time and who were saying listen if diana didn't give that interview to bashir she would have given an interview in some part to somebody else or another news organization whether that was a newspaper or um or broadcaster because she'd been in conversation with Max Hastings, newspaper editor who was working at Telegraph at the time and so therefore um, she was she was willing and ready to speak. William is saying that the nature of what Bashir said completely changed um, what she did eventually say and as he made clear in his statement really led to the complete disintegration of his parents' relationship. Um, well, there's certainly a, a lot of commentary around Prince William's statement and him saying um, certainly that the programme holds no, no legitimacy. It's his firmly held view that shouldn't be aired again. And, um, you know, people who, would, as I said, people who were there at the time were saying that if Diana didn't give this interview to Martin Bashir, she certainly would have given it to someone else. She was, uh, she was in conversation with Max Hastings, the Telegraph newspaper editor at the time, and um, and she was ready and willing to speak. Now, William's point is, and I think we, it can be firmly argued, that because of Bashir's lies and tricks, that it, it, it set Diana on a path um, to potentially reveal more than she would have done elsewhere. Um, and that's why William, you know, feels that he his mother was, was let down so badly. Um, and I just think... The, the the criticism of him of potentially trying to rewrite history is, is perhaps a little unfair because you know his it did draw a line certainly that the you know, from the downfall of her the, the, her, the way her life spiraled out of control after the Bashir interview the Queen um, insisting that she you know she must get divorced from Charles losing her security detail then 
becoming involved in a relationship with Dodie Fired and eventually leading her to a tragic death. And her own brother, um, Charles Spencer, is saying, you know, there, there is a clear line between the Bashir interview and her eventual death um, uh, a couple of years later. So it's, um, her, it's her just security. a very, very tragic, tragic stage of events, isn't it? Yeah, her security detail, though, wasn't that because she no longer trusted them as part of that sort of set up and tricks rather than sort of losing losing them as part of the divorce or well no because, well, because, or is it both yeah no no but not only the, the the first point you make because she had been told that the uh private secretaries and um start close staff members of both hers and uh, and her brothers were selling stories on her so no wonder she didn't want to be involved within you know the institution's machine um, and believed that she probably could have could have gone gone it alone, and then when with with someone like Dodie Fired, who obviously had his own security detail, um, and any, anyway, and, and access to that sort of world, then she became more and more ostracised um, from from the firm, unfortunately. And um, it's worth saying that Prince Harry also put out a statement, although I think it was interesting. I mean, he was obviously sort of very caring about his mother and sort of showing those I, I i disagree with quite a lot of what he said um i have to say but maybe you would say that because i'm a i'm a journalist so probably i do i do think i mean he says things haven't changed essentially and that they've our mother lost her life because of this and nothing has changed like the media today is an entirely different world to the one that princess diana was living in both were better and for worse because obviously you do have you know you have the sort of the pressure of social media which isn't always it can be a great good but it can also be hugely um hugely problematic and also sort of talking about um what deeply concerns me is that practices like these and even worse are still widespread today i mean i know he's really angry with the media but i think I don't know. I feel like for him to sort of make that sweeping accusation is is somewhat unf unfair to just well, defend I think with, my industry to a yeah, degree. Yeah, no, I and I think we can defend it, and and quite it's 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 absolutely his, if it's his his view. I think that he's he um he's talking about the ripple effect of culture of the culture of exploitation and unethical practices ultimately took her life and i think that that's a valid point certainly earl spencer was talking about the line being drawn as, as i've just mentioned bet between the the interview and uh, and her tragic death however um i mean this is part of harry's whole viewpoint of the media isn't it his whole distrust of the media uh, but when he says, yeah, but what deeply concerns me is practices like these and even worse are still widespread today. Well, that's a rather sweeping statement for which he has um, very little proof. Um, well, if he has I the proof, he hasn't shared it. Well, he hasn't so shared it. And certainly, I mean, that, and certainly it's just, again, it's, um, he's very, very scarred. He's very, very damaged about it. And I think you just see the difference between Harry and William in the two statements that they made. Um, whereas Harry's is potentially more emotional, more bit fire and fury, whereas uh, Williams was a lot more statesmanlike, uh, yet uh, yet conveying his deep sadness, of course, yet conveying his anger, but certainly talking about. I think there's something we hadn't mentioned in Williams' statement, saying that you know a, a free press is absolutely what is called for, um, and 
and we need it. I'm just trying to say, yeah, here we go. In an era of fake news, public service broadcasting and a free press have never been more important. These failings identified by investigative journalists not only let my mother down and my family down, they let the public down too. And that is absolutely right. But once again, we have, I imagine the BBC have learnt from those failings. There is also an investigation that it will be ongoing on the back of Lord Dyson's report to make sure, to not just say we have learnt from them, but to make sure those practices are never carried out again. Um, and certainly we should defend the uh, the right to, to public broadcasting and a free press, no matter of the ills of the past. It's all about learning from, uh, from the mistakes of those who have gone before us. And certainly William does, does recognise that in full. Constructive, I think, would be a good word for William's statement. I mean, we can understand why Harry is so angry. I and mean, one of the things he shared in his Oprah interview was that his sort of recurring traumatic memory, which he puts it all sort of back to of being in the car with his mum crying, they're pursued by, um, you know, paparazzi. He, he's sort of got this like classic manly hero prince view of like, I should be doing something to protect this woman, but I'm a small child and I can't. And, um, you know, that sort of the, the trauma of pursuit and of his mother's trauma being a, a recurring thing and, and sort of talking about how difficult he finds it in with the photography, you know, if cameras are going off and that kind of thing. And, you know, the sort of extraordinary sharing of him being filmed undergoing therapy to sort of reprogram his brain essentially of how to deal with being back in London and the stress that that induces you know if him being in London it's not almost not even being in royal the royal family was the cage but being in in London was the cage part of that cage as well then you know you can totally understand his sort of distress and keenness to get out of there and the, the sort of I mean absolutely extraordinary him being filmed having having the therapy and I mean I know that this is something that people have raised like him talking about having therapy because of a row he had with Megan and her kind of suggesting that he he really needed to get some help like he'd previously talked about starting counselling at sort of William after William's encouragement that was you know that was a I think that was back in 2017 he talked about that with Bryony Gordon on the mental health podcast um and that that had happened a few years ago so maybe that was a maybe that was a sticking plaster type thing to sort of get him through some stuff but therapy is a more you know trying to to have a longer term resolution but I think it is interesting that he sort of not mentioned that earlier phase of getting help as much in the sort of the current wave of discussion um how's the apple situation gone gone down has it been well it's, it's gone fantastically well i don't know the the exact um figures off the top of my head but there was a massive so i think it was their most watched program ever on apple tv that maybe so maybe it's their most watched documentary but certainly there had been a massive uptake of uh, of subscriptions I think you could you could watch it the the um, if you signed up for a, f a free seven days, but certainly they said that it had led to a massive uptake in subscription. So, you know, regardless of what people think of it, of whether Harry's you know, recycling the um, 
this um, his mental health series for 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 several different shows. Um, people obviously are quite interested in it, and people want to watch it. But um, it'll be interesting to see. Certainly, uh, the uh, documentaries with Netflix that he's going to do with the uh, Victor's Games should be fantastic. If it's big budget, it's going to be great and shining a light on really important issues. Um, whether I mean, I'm sure we the, think the family... it's made things better or worse with the family. I mean, absolutely, undoubtedly made them worse. I mean, the, the, the family will be what very nervous about them him him talking, um, and that's I think that that's been widely said at, at the moment. Certainly, my understanding is it's just the. It's, if he keeps speaking about the the issues with his family and the feeling trapped, I just think that they, they find it all very very unfair. Um, so, how how much more can he do it? I mean, is is it will there be an appetite for him to keep on um, on criticising his family in that way? Certainly, when he's got to um, face them, we talk, he's talking about trooping the colour next year. There may be another opportunity in a few weeks because he's going to potentially being sent shoulder to shoulder with his brother on July the 4th um, when they unveil the, the the Princess Diana statue at Kensington Palace. So that could make it very, very uncomfortable. Um, whether he comes over is um, is a matter for debate at the moment because um, they're expecting their second child, aren't they? So mm. Megan's Im- imminently about to give birth, one would presume they said early summer. So um, whether, whether he will, whether he won't. Maybe Kate will will step in um, when if, to not not have William do it on his own. But it's all a little bit of hologram. Yeah, Holog- <laughs> yeah, yeah, hologram. Like uh, Bruce Jenner. Do you remember when Kanye West got Bruce? <laughs> oh, God. Well, maybe that's I mean, future. it was very peculiar. But um, well, anyway, so we'll, time time will tell, and we will see. But certainly, you know, if he says he said in the sort of the latest Apple TV one that when he spoke he and Megan spoke to Oprah I think he said tried to leave space for reconciliation in what he'd said but I think the more you speak about something the more you close that space potentially you've got to allow the space to remain there and start to kind of make the most of it and you know there's been talk about Kate sort of trying to build bridges with, with between William and Harry and we will see how things all play out um but some um, more positive things to finish on just quickly. Um, have to mention Prince Charles going to the Prince of Wales pub down in Clapham because that's a prince. Of, uh, it always makes me laugh. Uh, Camilla got to hang out with David Hockney and go look at some nice pictures at the uh, Royal Academy. It was very lovely. But I think my favourite and sort of, you know, fair play, Sophie Westix elements is um, she came out with new, her new sort of patronage talking about the menopause. Yes, and this was very, very well received. And I think that this is something, you know, Sophie's a very popular member of the royal family. She speaks very eloquently and she's been doing a lot of work. I hate to say under the radar because she's always been doing fantastic work, but it's always something that the criticism that gets labelled at us is about, um, you know, we, we don't cover her enough. And, and certainly when the Sussexes were around, it was more, more difficult. But this got some fantastic coverage. She was talking about the menopause and about um, periods and menstruation and how taught, they taught the, the different generational change of bringing young women up. Um, and I think it was a really, really important conversation that she had. And if you haven't checked it out as well, we, we covered it extensively, as did, as did others. But she was talking about how, you know, it's time... Yeah, lots of people say that it's time to have a conversation but it's certainly time to 
break down the barriers of uh, of any potential embarrassment in in um, in society that young women may be feeling about these issues, and not only young women coming into adulthood, but certainly um, issues around the menopause and about how employers can be more inclusive and help women through it. And it was a really, really important conversation that got a lot of people talking. Yeah, she talked about it feeling like someone had taken her brain out during it because this must be... Well, she, know, that was... Yeah, she's talking about being an engagement and which I thought was really interesting, admitting, admitting that she'd basically suffered mind blanks on the engagement, which, yeah, left her feeling as though someone had taken her brain out and said that she was essentially just left to try and pick up the pieces and carry on the experience. Well, that seems, you know, particularly unfair to have not, you know, certainly employers or men not knowing about that certain women, women of a certain age will be feeling this in an office. And she said, you know, hot flushes and, that, and the like, talking about, well, it should be just well known. And again, if you saw a woman with a fan on in the middle of winter in the office, you'd think, gosh, what's wrong with her? And that's what she was saying is men or uh, employers should not be questioning that. They should just accept it. Oh, well, that, that's because she's a lady of a certain age. She's going through the change. And so therefore that's what she's got. And it will just become part of the normal conversation as indeed huge strides about mental health and childcare. But, uh, you know, we've, we've had made huge strides in, uh, in men being able to take time off for, for paternity leave. And, uh, and this is sort of, um, sort of a hidden subject which isn't really spoken about so um i thought it was a, it was a really really interesting interesting conversation yeah when, when the way you were talking about that it did make me think of the, the work the royals have done on mental health but um yes shout out to well-being of women the charity that um safe people will be working with as their patron who works to tackle the taboo surrounding periods the menopause and pregnancy so that will be exciting to see where she takes that russell it's been great to see you um and be reunited we should look forward to see what we talk about next Next week, the rules keep us very busy. But super, it's been lovely. It's been lovely to hang out. Very nice to catch up, listeners. Thank you as ever for joining us. Do check us out on the Twitter and on the Instagram, and follow and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts because we will be looking forward to being back with you very soon. Until then, stay safe, stay well, and until next time, save the Queen. 